Welcome to AQUAD, the show where I try to answer a question a day. I'm Noah, and our question of the day comes from myself, who asked, Noah, what are your tech predictions for the 2020s? Well, me, I'm glad you asked. While I may not be able to tell the future, I can certainly give very reasonable guesses to what we'll see in the coming decade. Here are 20 predictions for the 2020s. Number one, Apple releases a phone without speakers. People initially hate the idea, but accept it because it's Apple. Now, Apple has this track record of eliminating physical mediums such as the home button and the headphone jack. And while not necessarily the next thing to go, I think that the internal speaker is on the chopping block. Number two, no more buttons on an iPhone. Instead, the entire edge of the phone is like a haptic squeeze bar. Uh, this is more something that I wish they would put in there, just because I'm left-handed and hitting the home button and the volume buttons is a little uh, backwards for me a lot of the times. So being able to change where those are or how hard I need to press them would be a great addition to it. And I would also go along the same lines as number one, where you take out these these physical buttons and replace them with uh, something like the taptic feedback of the trackpad. Number three, two or more cameras on the front of a smartphone means that eyes can be tracked while you're browsing your phone. Google is accused of using this data to format their ads to increase views. Now, this is just a guess, but given the track record of large tech companies to see what people are doing in order to format ads, as well as having this new technology of multiple cameras within a phone, it just seems inevitable that you should be able to track eye movement. Now, technology already exists, like the Toby eye tracker for a desktop or a laptop to see where you are looking. And that's uh, touted as being used in games or just general web browsing. But I see no reason why a company that wants to uh, show you as many ads effectively as possible would not use this technology in that manner. Number four, transparent casing for phones is popular again for a little while. A company like Google uh, releases a phone with a transparent backside along with a slogan about how the phone is transparent and so are their policies or some BS like that. Now, the world of smartphones is kind of like a primordial soup of gimmicky devices. Samsung had the slight curve on the screens of the S7 Edge. Uh, there's the foldable OLED screens on things like the Galaxy Fold and the new Razer. And only time will tell if these are actually useful add-ons to a smartphone. Um, and alongside that, uh, as phones become more compact, the voice of people that want to be able to repair their own phone becomes louder. We've seen this with Apple devices where they will rivet in the keyboards of the MacBooks so that people cannot take them out as they wish. Um, a sort of a transparent backing on a phone, kind of showing the internals, uh, could offer a work as a statement uh, to do-it-yourselfers like me that want to replace our own batteries. Uh, in our smartphones rather than pay someone else to do it. Uh, number five, esports are offered in public schools in Florida. Parents despise it, but the school district likens it to PE. 
Now, esports leagues already exist in K through 12 schools as extracurriculars. Uh, there are some rare cases of esports being adopted as curriculum, but I think it will gain a little more traction in the coming decade given the, e the rise of esports as a entertainment medium. This is very similar to the pizza is a vegetable meme that was uh, common in the early 2000s, if you remember that. Number six, esports are more widely adopted by ESPN. And to compete, the NFL makes watching more games free, but in turn shows more ads. Uh, the Video Game Entertainment News Network, or VEN, is set to launch in 2020. This is a network backed by Amazon's Twitch, Alphabet's uh, Google's YouTube, and it's expected to be available on places like Roku and Sling and possibly some online other online platforms as well. Uh, Axiomatic is another company who has received funding from Disney's ESPN and has also invested in the seed round of Venn. Uh, ESPN has aired esports tournaments in the past and will most likely continue to cover more games. Whether they decide to buy Venn or not in the future, they will definitely make more room for esports. Now, places like Twitch and Mixer already stream tournaments for free, so platforms like Venn and ESPN are probably going to offer free streams as well. Now, I foresee looking at these free streams and then deciding that the NFL and NBA games should be free to watch online as well. And to increase viewership, the NFL may trial a season where everything is streamed online for free, but the ads are more prevalent. Number seven, internet providers like Comcast and AT&T sponsor esports teams. They quickly come under fire for accusations of throttling connections to other teams. Comcast has already put $50 million into an esports arena in Philadelphia, as well as partnered with South Korean company SK Telecom to develop an esports team. Uh, if qualifiers are done online for games like Counter-Strike, Global Offensive, or League of Legends, then there's a large incentive to give their own team a personal advantage via internet speeds. So that could mean either increasing the bandwidth to their own team while shunting the opposing team, or simply limiting the connection of the opposing team in some respect. That definitely seems like a plausible thing that could happen in the next decade. Number eight, esports get their own Olympics. Why? Just come on. I mean, it's growing. It's going to happen eventually. Why not in the next decade? Number nine, a 13 year old winning a video game championship sparks controversy over how young a professional esports athlete can be. In 2019, a then 16-year-old Kyle Gearsdorf won $3 million in prizes at the Fortnite Championships. I kind of envision this discussion on whether kids should be allowed to practice video games extensively during such formative years or not uh, happening in a larger scale in the 2020s than it did uh, back in the 2010s. I know it started to take shape at the beginning, but now I think it's going to become a much bigger topic of conversation for parents and for schools and for the kids themselves that do want to uh, be professionals one day at these video games, whether or not that is a lasting career or not. 
Number 10. StarCraft 3 is announced, and it looks like it requires VR support initially. It doesn't. Now, I just want this to be true, so I'm just going to include it. Number 11. League of Legends 2 is announced for some reason. It becomes a polarizing topic. Should Riot continue to support League 1? League of Legends recently celebrated its 10-year anniversary back in October of 2019, and that's a long time for a video game to stay as popular as it's been. A reboot of the franchise could prove profitable, or it could be seen as a disregard to those who have dedicated their free time to the original game. Number 12. Smart glasses, which when worn at a movie, show the subtitles, quickly take off. Initially, some places try to charge for them, but it shortly becomes the norm. Now, I personally find subtitles on movies distracting, but I know that several others find them useful. Uh, they're fantastic for those that are either deaf or hard of hearing. Glasses that would display subtitles in real time for those that need them is a great business opportunity to movie theaters as they look to stay in vogue with streaming services like Netflix and Hulu. Number 13. Dyson gets into the computer fan business. They also sponsor their own esports league. Now, Dyson makes those bagless vacuums and futuristic fans without the core of them, the rings. They also make those high-efficiency hand dryers in bathrooms that you kind of just dip your hands into and pull slowly out. Uh, I see computer fans as a business opportunity that could really use a reputable brand. I know Corsair and Cooler Master are already in there, but having some some outside source come in and kind of make a name for themselves seems very probable in the situation. It would also look really cool to see a Dyson computer fan. Number 14. Trains attempt to make a comeback by offering the equivalent of a moving hotel room. Now, I would ride a train if I could walk around and use high-speed internet and just pretend that I'm at an apartment. That'd be, uh, that'd be a pretty strong contender in my book. So, I'm fingers crossed. Number 15. TSA screening is now just walking down a corridor that scans you as you walk. Airlines have an incentive to get people on the plane as fast as possible to avoid missed flights and increase time in air. A screening that simply required you to walk down a hall as you and your baggage are scanned is an effective way of speeding up the process of the TSA. Number 16. An airline releases a new plane that has half as many seats on it, but each seat is very roomy. Costs a little more, but people love the idea closes after a year because they can't make enough money with it. Now, it's no secret that airlines have reduced the legroom for seats in an effort to fit more passengers. Now, to entice customers to choose their flight, an airline could turn the whole cabin into first-class seating. Of course, the tickets would cost more, but the lowered weight could mean less fuel is needed, and the plane could also be safer as there's more room for egress in the case of an emergency. And I would love to be able to just fly first class on a plane and not have to worry about the person in front of me moving their seat back. Number 17. Lab-grown meats are thought to be more carcinogenic than traditional meat. Not true, but does catch on. This is kind of like that Diet Cola aspartame scare uh, that happened 
several decades ago where people thought that aspartame caused more cancer in people because it was shown that a large dose in mice uh, formed uh, tumors more readily, but is not necessarily provable in people. Number 18. Martin Shkreli is released from prison and quickly becomes a political pundit. That's not a tech prediction. Huh. Um, he bases his political leadings on how tech affects people. Very pro-technology. He becomes friends with Elon Musk, and that makes people angry. Now, Martin Shkreli, known as the farmer bro or most hated man in America, was most notably known for buying and subsequently raising the price of Daraprim, an anti-parasitic drug for people with HIV and AIDS, uh, from 13 and a half dollars a pill to $750 a pill. In 2018, Martin was sentenced to eight years in prison for securities fraud. Now, he's a very opinionated person with a business-focused mindset, and politics just kind of seems like a logical fit for him. I'm going to be honest, I could definitely see a future where Martin Screlly joins a political party and makes a name for himself in that respect. Number 19. Old lithium-ion batteries start building up to a considerably worrisome level. Where will all this toxic lithium go? Can it be recycled efficiently? The government swoops in and offers hefty subsidies to battery companies that recycle and repurpose lithium cells. In the meantime, local governments adopt more e-waste disposal, taking batteries, electronics, and printer cartridges off your hands in a responsible manner. But how responsible is it? The chair of a municipal waste disposal facility is caught illegally dumping batteries into a pit and is sentenced to two years in prison and a $75,000 fine. He claims that everyone is doing it and he shouldn't be singled out. Not my town, people think to themselves. We have a trustworthy waste management system. But something keeps nagging in the back of their head. Can they really trust where their trash goes? Was he telling the truth or was he simply looking for a way out of his prison term? How is it that possible that these government officials that are getting paid large sums of money to assure proper waste management would skirt the system just to save a couple bucks? It's wrong. It's immoral. It's adding to the global climate crisis. But then again, isn't everything? Is our accelerating consumerism undermining our own attempts to salvage what little we have left in this world so that our children may be able to go to a park without wearing a hazmat suit? The lithium, cobalt, coal, silicon-grade sand all disappearing right before our eyes. We are the weavers of our tapestry of doom. We are the snakes devouring ourselves in an endless loop, but it has to end somewhere. We are on life support and there's no chance of recovery. We need to pull the plug and let what survives moves on. We are nothing but a speed bump. We are nothing, no, less than nothing. We are already dead. Number 20, Facebook dies. If you have any questions that you'd like me to answer, please email me at noah at aquad at gmail.com. Please stop asking me what my social security number is. I only fell for that once, and I'm not going to fall for it again. Thank you.